Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident podcast. This is Mark Farnham founder and director of Apologetics for the Church, a local church training ministry where in the course of one weekend, the average Christian can gain confidence to share and defend his or her faith. Today, we're continuing to talk about Romans 1. As God gives us insight into the heart and mind of every unbeliever, what's going on when they refuse or resist the truth of God, when they reject the gospel, when they claim not to know God, Romans 1 addresses all these things, and previously we talked about the consequences of the unbeliever's suppression of the truth of God. Today we're moving on then to the intellectual exchanges of idolatry. Last time we talked about idolatry as the third consequence of suppression. In Romans 1, we see three different intellectual exchanges that take place in idolatry. That is, the unbeliever, in order to resist the truth of God, must worship something because everyone worships, as we saw last time. And in this episode, we want to talk about what those exchanges look like. So in order for an unbeliever to continue to deny what is obvious and plain, he must bargain with his heart and mind. Romans one twenty three calls this an exchange. It says this, Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. This word exchange is a word drawn from Greek, from marketplace language, where one object is traded for another, presumably of equal value. The irrationality of unbelief, however, means that something of immense value is exchanged for another thing of far less value. Three exchanges are mentioned in Romans 1, and in response to each of these bad trades, God levies a judgment against them. First of all, we're told that unbelievers trade the glory of the immortal God for the tarnished glory of his creation. When God first created the world, it perfectly reflected his glory. Nothing in creation was cursed by sin or tarnished in any way. It was all very good, Genesis 1.31. But after Adam and Eve's sin, the creation was cursed. Humans became corrupt. Animal life became marked by death and brutality. And the natural order was frustrated. No longer able to see God's glory uncorrupted, people quickly turned to idolatry in which objects become worshipped. So this first exchange is that people trade in the glory of the true God for mere images. An example helps us understand this. Let's say a soldier goes off to war and brings with him a photo of his wife. He stares at the picture every day because it gives him courage and hope. He may even speak to the picture so he feels like he's talking to her. When he returns home, we would expect him to set aside the picture and focus on his wife, talk to her, interact with her. If he kept staring at the photo of his wife while she was present, we would question his sanity. The real is present in all of its glory. The image is not needed and doesn't compare to the glory of the real person. So whether we talk about ancient idols, such as gold statues of animals, or modern idols, 
fame, power, cash, popularity, cars, career, anything we worship other than God is a mere image, something of greatly diminished glory. And we were not made to worship created things, but rather the Creator. When we do worship anything less than the God in whose image we are made, we diminish our dignity and endanger our humanity, making us liable to become inhuman. This is exactly what's described in Romans one twenty three, where it says unbelievers exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling, and notice the decline in dignity of these exchanges. First, it says the unbeliever exchanges the image of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. There's dignity in human beings because we're made in the image, but the more a person suppresses the truth of God, the less dignified they become. The next item mentioned is birds. In the ancient world, birds had a God's eye view, so they were considered superior or higher than other creatures. And then it says, and animals, that is just common animals. But then it finally ends with this, creeping things or reptiles. The idea is this, the more a person suppresses the truth of God in their lives, the more they become idolaters, the less dignity that they show in their lives, the less human they become, the less the glory and image of God is shown in them. When we see people in our world today who are inhuman with their cruelty, when they lower the dignity of their state as human beings by beginning to do indecent things, uh, even people that try to transform themselves through body modification into animals, that is a sign of an exchange for the glory that God intends for us to have as people made in his image for the mere image of created beings, animals, even to the point, I don't know if you've seen this before, but there's people who have tried to make themselves into things like serpents, and they've tattooed their face and body with scales, split their tongue, added horns underneath their skin. Why do people do things like that? Because it is a natural consequence when we suppress the truth of God and become idolaters. Instead of worshiping the God of glory, people resort to worshiping lowly created animals. Well, I hope that this has helped you to see that uh, unbelievers, when they reject the truth of God, are actively exchanging the glory of God, the truth of God, for something lesser. And when we talk to them, we want to look for those things to see what they might be so that we can address those and show them how Christ is the glory of God and that unless we turn to him, we will suffer from diminished glory. I pray that this week God will give you opportunities to engage unbelievers with the gospel of Christ. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.